Late night Luke episode. <laughs> Hello. Late night Luke episode three right here. Uh, we have Juicy M, Mike Williams, and Sam Felt. Wow, I can't believe I'm seeing you guys here. It's incredible. Um, it's so amazing. Yeah, so welcome here. Marta, uh, Juicy M's real name. Marta, your, um, your hotel room uh, looks dark. You're in a different time zone right now, right? Yeah, right now it's like uh, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Where are you right now? Uh, Phuket. Wow, Phuket in Thailand. Yeah, in Thailand. That's amazing. uh, I'm longing for warmer weather. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so good. It feels really good. That was actually the last last trip I took before... before the whole COVID situation was to Thailand. So uh, it looks completely different. Yeah, it's like a yeah. ghost island right now. Oh, wow. so- Sick. Yeah, and so you guys are in the Netherlands, right? Sam and Mike? Yeah, okay. in the cold Netherlands, unfortunately. Mike, I yeah. see. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I see you're in, in your studio with the, with the nice neon lights. Yeah, I am uh, in the studio. I don't know. I'd never know like which is the best color for video, but <laughs> it's nice, you know, the pink, pink little glow <laughs> makes I you look healthy. Red is the best color, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam, do you have any neon colors in your studio? No, it's pretty. Uh, well, this is. I just moved houses, so I moved houses at the beginning of COVID. So this is kind of like my studio slash office. And as you can hear, it's it's not very well acoustically treated, but I just treated myself to this awesome pair of headphones that I do now almost all my production on, which is awesome. So, um, yeah. What's the brand? Is that AK, AKG? Uh, no, this is the ZMF Verite Closed. So it's also closed. And I know a lot of people, you know, prefer open headphones, but for me, the, the noise canceling effect and, you know, it you know really shutting me off from everything else really helps to concentrate and focus. And also with the bass, uh, it's a lot it's a lot nicer. Nice. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So is it fair to say that uh, we are a little bit jealous of, uh, of GCM being in Thailand right now? Because you're doing yeah. shows, right? Yeah, I do actually. But guys, I've been for 15 days in a quarantine hotel. So I'm like, it's well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. You put in the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are, are you on your own or are you with a team? Uh, no, I'm by myself right now. Wow. Just me. Just but me, I'm, myself. I'm, so I'm, I'm talking to two people that have actually been in quarantine abroad. Like, Mike, you, you also did that, right? Yeah, we've been back. neighbors, actually. Really? Yeah, Vivek, Mike, and me, we were neighbors. And it was a party every evening on the balconies. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. Weird vibe. Yeah. I had no idea it would be so much fun. I prepare myself to read books and just meditate and just be quiet. But in the end, honestly, I made so much, so many friends with basically whole hotel. So I wasn't, it wasn't quiet at all. It wasn't peaceful at all. It was like all communication in self-isolation. I found so many friends that normally took me like five years. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're all in the same ship, right? Exactly. Like yeah. somehow this kind of situation made people come closer together, be more open and just, I don't know, go crazy together is more fun. 
<laughs> so how how was that for you, Mike? Uh, being in a hotel room for fourteen days, then where was? Uh, it? I, was <laughs> I was I was actually in a in a um, just like Taiwan, right? What was it? Taiwan, Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan. Yeah, and um, they they kind of like they booked us an Airbnb, um, which was really nice because then you're not dependent on the the food and the the room service. Uh, so we could just order like Uber Eats or something like that. Um, so and I could stay together with my tour manager in one apartment. Um, so we kind of survived for two weeks like that. And we brought like a PlayStation, and I brought some speakers and my laptop, and I brought some books which I didn't read eventually. But <laughs> um, so it was it was not that bad. The time actually went really fast. And the shows were amazing, so I was so happy that I did it. Marta, will the, will this be your first show out of uh, COVID um, soon? No, I did my first show uh, yesterday. No, two days ago. Yeah, for Halloween. Two days ago. Wow. Yeah. So after what? Eight months? Seven months? Yeah, like eight. Well, I did a few gigs during the summer, but it was self um, isolation kind of event. It wasn't the same, but the one I did two days ago was. Just, just, the, just the way it was. It was sold out, packed. I was like, wow! I couldn't believe it. It was just like first time in my life. I was so nervous and felt these uh, emotions from the people and all together. It just felt so good. I'm like, guys, it exists. <laughs> I still have a job. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps hearing this. This is incredible. Yeah. And so, but the situation in uh, Thailand is really good, right? So there's no people with it's masks. Really good. They have, I think, like two cases per day or something like that, or it's almost not exist. At least what this is what they say. That's incredible. And so there, so, there is hope. There is hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you when you go back, because uh, where do you live? Uh, Spain. Oh, so when you go back, do you need to quarantine again as well? Please no! I don't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, yeah, and so um, about the hotel rooms, we're we're gonna get back to that because we had the poll, and um, the the viewers uh, could vote on who would have the 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 noisiest uh, neighbor in the, in the hotel. So we're gonna get back to that. Um, actually, I want to dive into a couple of uh, viewer questions um, people have uh, sent in. So this one is for uh, Sam. Sam, what does success mean to you? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, well, it's very simple, I guess. Uh, happiness, in my case. Um, I, I guess if you're happy doing what you do, uh, that's success to me. And for someone that could be driving a Ferrari, and for someone that could be helping people, and for me, it's making people smile with my music. And as, as long as I can do that, and, and you know, that's the outcome, I consider it success. Uh, because it's also something that I've done when, you know, I, I wasn't making any money yet and I was still doing it. So I think that's, that's the main, uh, the main KPI here for me. What I always think is interesting about your branding, Sam, is that uh, whenever we see you on photos, I, I sometimes kid around at photo shoots and I'll be like, okay, this is the Sam Felt pose. <laughs> and he's always smiling while other DJs are <laughs> yeah, it's all true. serious and and tough, and and you're the you're like the the smiling DJ, and I I, I yeah do like I do like that. Well, it's I mean it's also it's also me, and like it's just, it's not it's not something it's not like a face that I put on. It's just that 
Um, when I, at least when I'm performing, you know, sometimes I look back at videos and like, you really have to, you know, like smile so, so, so wide. You, know, you can, you can act a little bit cooler, man, but it's <laughs> not me. Like I, I can't contain myself. I can't contain my energy and my happiness when I'm, you know, when I'm doing the shows. And I think that That's also reflects place, on, sure. yeah, man, I just let go. Uh, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could be like this cool techno guy. You know, like with a with a hat and all black and glasses, and just be like, always like a poker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe if I grow more older and more, more more grumpy, I can um, I can uh, take uh, take on like a techno act or something like that. See, I I have the same problem uh, where I'm naturally I have a smiley face. You know, some people uh, like my wife, for instance, her normal face is like a it's almost like a mad face and all people always ask her like, Oh, can't you smile? Why aren't you, you know, more happy? I have the opposite. My face is always happy, even if I'm sad or even if I'm angry. And so at photo shoots, the photographer, we would be trying to do like a, a really cool shoot and they would say, stop smiling. Like, okay, pre pretend, pretend someone slapped your grandmother or, you know, someone punched your brother or something like that. And I would be like, Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and it never worked. So and it, it looks like you're taking like you're taking a shit more than you're angry, man. That's also that's what I, what's what I have too, man. When I try to <laughs> like are you on the toilet or are you actually mad? No. It, it, I don't know. It's also a blessing, right? Yeah. I mean we uh we're smiley people, Luke. That's good. That's good indeed. And and so Mike, uh, what does success mean to you then? You're relatively young, huh? You're the youngest from all of us. Yeah, I think so. I'm uh, 23. Um, I, I kind of agree with uh, with Sam, although he's in here for a way longer time than I am. I think, um, but um, I, th I think it's a it's a challenge to um, see it still still see it as a hobby instead of work, because I think the moment you can you, you're gonna see it as work and um, you're gonna be too serious with it, you're gonna lose um, yeah the happiness that which brings yeah, the, the, the happiness. Um, and I think, um, that's, that's like a challenge as long as you stay happy and you can just do what you like. Um, that that's, that's important, I think. And, um, well, obviously I want to ask the same to Marta, but I, I got to give you a shout out. Marta. <laughs> I guess you're going to say the same. <laughs> no, because, because what I've seen from you over the years is your hard, hard work and dedication like just constantly killing it and doing it, doing your best. And um, I had my wife looking at your social media the other day and, and she actually really enjoyed it because you you are really funny on the TikTok and on the social media. And um, I, for instance, I respect you for your DJ skills. And and so to, to see a combination of that where you bring joy to people and uh, and, and bringing, bringing that talent as well, I got, I got to give you a shout out. Yeah, and I also really like to travel as well. So it's like a good combination, I guess. Yeah. Now, there is something magical happens when you move from one country to another and basically be on the road, be on a plane, on a train. On a, I feel home. I feel more home in the hotels than I feel at home sometimes, which is really weird. Uh, I don't know, the performance and sometimes just having this idea for the music. I think like... Doing what you love is, is incredible. It's a gift sometimes when I 
think it's a job and people actually pay money for this. It's it's incredible. It's like the biggest gift you can have on this planet. It's just to enjoy what you're doing. I mean, I sometimes I not sometimes I don't sleep, sometimes I don't eat, sometimes I miss my family. We all have this, you know, of course, side effects, but still to be able to travel all, all around the world is amazing. Really amazing. As a touring DJ, that's uh, that's good that you feel home on the road. I, I for <laughs> I for instance, I uh, I love being at home. I uh, I really like being at home, and and the touring I don't like as much, but the performing I love, and and meeting oh. meeting people all over the world for sure. So okay, so you know we um, we have a dream job. Maybe we're we were kind of out of a job. We are kind of still out. Of a job. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> So then, so then the question is, um, what would we be if we weren't doing this? So for instance, Sam, I know you, you are an entrepreneur on the side as well, right? You're always finding out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was, I was actually an entrepreneur before I became a DJ or actually a successful DJ. I've always been trying to become a DJ uh, since I was, I think, 11 years old. At my own drive-in show, uh, you know, ask for money at birthday parties to buy a new smoke machine, stuff like that. But um, no, that was always a hobby. And then uh, I was always uh, starting up businesses. First one I started when I was 13 years old. It was an e-commerce store. Um, created my own brand of electronics. Uh, I did some social media services that I launched, uh, web design, uh, web development, all that stuff. So in media in general, and then. My hobby became so big that I uh, that my business became, became became like a side project <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the music. But yeah, that was always the always the core. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, uh, I have linked my website to one of your companies, right? Yep. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So we're actually uh, this week on Friday we're relaunching Fangage, which uh, is an internet startup. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, worked hard on a completely new version for the last year. Uh, so on the development side, so super excited for that. But yeah, lots of lots of stuff happening, man. I also launched my own anti-hangover drink two uh, two years ago. Yeah, I saw that. That's which great. Is great, great when you're touring <laughs> and uh, okay. you have to live that DJ life of partying and still being fresh in the morning. But like, uh, yeah, I love. I just love the you know like coming up with ideas and then executing them. And it costs me more time and energy to not do something than to do it because I'm gonna be in bed, awake, dreaming of what could could have been, you know? And then for me, it's easier to to just go on with it and get it done. So you have one of those restless restless minds. Yeah, well, it's I, I, I like to call it creative, you know, like in, in a way where you're, you're constantly thinking of, you know, new combinations, you know, between, you know, just like the music creation process. Like, I think everything is kind of like a remix right now. So, yeah, it's just... A and B put it together, you get something completely new. That's I like that, and then just creating that product and or service or, or song and seeing that it, it grows. That's uh, that's awesome, super fulfilling. Marta, would you be interested in trying his uh, his uh, hangover drink? Yeah, for sure. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, like I'll ship you a box. <laughs> Amazing, please. <laughs> Do you- the next show if you're gonna play together take it i would love to taste yeah, yeah. it in the way. <laughs> no, i always take it on tour it, it really helps like obviously better not to drink wow. as much but you know sometimes you have those evenings yeah. and you, the promoter is so happy to see you and you still have a, a pickup at 8 a.m in the morning and then it can really help you know yeah is this uh something uh something you guys still do uh well 
or would do at shows? Would you would you have a drink? Um, I guess uh, I, I I have a drink at home too. But it's, I mean, for me over the past years, it's definitely gotten less. If you compare it to when I started DJing, um, because you know when you just start, everything's new. You know, you get this whole rider. <laughs> you're like, wow, it's so amazing. And then in the end, it's like after three weeks of touring, you're completely exhausted, dead. Like, feel like shit. And then you're like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. So you live and you learn, right? So that's for me. I, I, I do it less and less nowadays. What about you, Marta? <laughs> well, more, I'm, more. I've been experiencing both because I've been uh, touring actually pregnant a few times. So a few years, it was completely without alcohol. And with years, I know my limits. So I know how much it's going to be to have that limit of fun and then have no hangover in the morning. So it's like a good balance where I feel like, okay, if I have a lot of gigs during the months, then I definitely stay, you know, sober for most of them. And the, sometimes I feel like, okay, I can relax right now. But sometimes I feel like, hey, it's just one gig in a few months. Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's, that's going to happen uh, after, after you, you really get on tour again. <laughs> yeah. Every show is going to be like, this could be the last one. Let's bring some champagne over here. Let's celebrate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had my last show I did before COVID was in Boston. And we knew it was going to be the last show because it had already been announced that the day after there was going to be a, a, a ban on, on all shows. So everybody knew that this was this is going to be the last show. We didn't know it was going to take this long. We knew it was going to be the last show for at least you know, a month or two, now a lot longer. So everybody went full out. Also the people that were there, they were like ordering bottles and like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Oh boy, I remember playing a few of my best sets and my worst sets uh, while I was still drinking. Uh, I don't drink anymore, but uh, I thought they were my best sets ever. But then in hindsight, they were probably my worst sets ever. It's kind of like you get into that flow and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a great party and I'm I'm doing a great job. And I just remember, or I, I kind of not remembered, I think I played the same track twice. I was like, did I play this or did I play this now? <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's play this again. I was really into it and I finished my show and I look up and there's only two people and I, I get a slow clap. I, like, I thought this went really well, but I guess it didn't. Is, is that uh, one of the moments where you decided to give up drinking? Or <laughs> I, this was this was the moment, pretty much. Yeah, right? I like, yeah. man, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to sober up for sure. Um, yeah. Just circling back to to Mike here, Mike. Um, if you weren't a DJ, I, I'm pretty certain you would be a cook, right? Is that correct? <laughs> um i don't know i'm 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 just like i'm just trying but um um yeah i have a lot of time right now so i i i cook a lot of i try i, I try out the different uh some different things um but I, when i was on high school i always wanted to be an airline pilot so yeah that's what i like I, I i worked for that really worked for that uh on high school and it was um, I think after high school, like a year that I decided, okay, this is not going to happen. And, uh, I started touring already. So at the end, I kind of with touring and being in airplanes, I'm kind of, yeah, at the same thing. Flying more than a pilot. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my dad is actually an airline pilot, so that's why I really wanted to, um, to become one. Um, but there was a certain point and I was flying even more than my dad. So I was uh, away from home so many times and he was just being like an airline pilot and sitting at home um, even more than, than I did. Um, so it was, um, I was eventually happy that I decided to focus on music um because if i were if I, if I was gonna do the 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 school for for being an airline pilot you have no time to do something else besides it so um i'm happy i made the decision it's and it's funny that that music pursuing music was your plan b a lot of people have yeah. asked oh maybe that's that's a dream but i'm not sure if it'll happen So I'm, I'm going to have a plan B in case the music fails if I'm not going to be successful in music. But yeah. music for you was like, ah, I might not do the airline stuff. I'll try. I'll do music. Or like, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was in high school, like my parents were super strict on, on me. And they were like, yeah, you really have to finish uh, your school and you, you make sure you, you, you study hard. Um, and then like right before my exams, I was just like still producing music and <laughs> in my bedroom and then my parents came in and they got angry I got all this like yeah at the end I, I made it luckily um and um and then I didn't even need any education um because I was starting to tour and, and do music but I'm still happy I got it I mean I guess if you would be a pilot right now you would have had a problem as well right Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so, uh, technically, uh, you know how to fly then, right? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I practice a lot of uh, flight simulator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was fine. thinking you could fly yourself out to a, to a show or something. Yeah. I was th thinking about if my dad is going to retire, then he can like fly on a different type of airplane and then... <laughs> have you ever considered you know for example now during covid when you have so much so much time to get your ppl to get your flying license because i've actually thought about it yeah so I, i thought yeah. about it too um i thought about it too <laughs> wow, wow flying DJs. i guess we missed the flying a lot <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah, so I was even missing this cheap airlines like right there like please take me anywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm missing the lasagna, the microwave lasagna from oh, right there. <laughs> microwave lasagna, that's hilarious. Just yeah. fixing my camera. Here. Cold, st still freezing in the middle, <laughs> still frozen <laughs> in the middle <laughs> and burnt on the side. Yeah, but, but you thought about that, Mike, or not? Like, to get it. I right? thought about it. But on the other hand, I don't want to lose my focus uh, for music. Uh, mm -hmm. even, even though there's not a lot of happening right, right now, I still want to... Um, I produce a lot of music and be in the studio and um, um, don't don't kind of lose that. Um, and I, I have a small hope that this will be over soon, um, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to go into the you've you guys have seen it on social media, right? We were we always do a poll uh, with the viewers where we ask them uh, the question and um, I'm always curious about the outcome. So do you guys have like the, the papers ready with the, with the names? 
That wow! Look at Sam. Oh my God! You really prepared. You're such an amazing entrepreneur. Wow! <laughs> I know it's a print. <laughs> Marta, do you have any papers? I do, but look okay. at you! My I God, know. it's incredible. <laughs> okay. I did like this font. <laughs> Should be it's your new wow. logo, Luke. <laughs> okay, do so do you? Don't didn't you see it mirrored? Because I I don't see it the right way. No, me. Yeah, we're we're seeing it the right way. Ah, uh, perfect. All right. Mike, Mike is handwritten. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so um, maybe this answers uh, our first question. Who got kicked out of the classroom most often? What did the crowd say? Uh, kicked uh, out of the classroom. Good one. Uh, let's say... Uh, <laughs> hey, Sam says Mike. Mike says Juicy M. Marta is writing as we go. Still right. Drum roll. And she says, Mike. Okay. So Marta, Marta, why why are you saying Mike? I think I was the worst in the school, but maybe Mike too. <laughs> I'm sure Sam was the best. Well, well, Mike just told us that he was actually working on music while he should be doing homework. So that kind of gave it away for me. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a point that uh, we were allowed to uh, we were allowed laptops in the in the in the classroom. So then I found a way to um, quickly quickly swipe to the left, and then I could produce. And then if I swipe right, I still have my my word document. <laughs> so, so you were but, so you were working with your headphones on producing in the classroom. Yeah, some, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> crazy, but um, I was actually a nerd. I was always on time and I was, um, yeah, I, I, I never like crossed the line. I went really close, but I never, never really crossed it. Hey, I'm, I'm sure people that are watching right now will steal that desktop trick from you. That's actually really yeah. smart. But yeah. Um, so the crowd actually says fourth place, Sam. They got that right, I think. Third place, uh, Marta, GCM. Second place, laid back, Luke. Wow. And Mike Williams, they agree. Mike Williams would get kicked out of the classroom most often. Wow. I don't know, man. I see. I kind of see myself as uh, Sam as well. I was always working hard in class, and and to be honest, I, I would say uh, Juicy M for sure. For sure. Getting kicked out of I the class. <laughs> where, where did you go to school, Martha? In Ukraine. Ukraine and how's how's it there? How's, uh, do you get kicked out of the oh, class easily? It was so boring. My energy, like I have this, uh, like too much of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't wait when when I'm done, so I can yeah. just run around. It was too hard for me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I guess we uh, we were we were pretty close there, but the crowd said <laughs> Mike, and now we know why Mike was just. I'm glad I have such. Good impression on crowd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next question: Who is the best to pick up someone? So this is actually like you know uh, flirting with someone. Uh, what did the crowd say? Who would? So say you were single right now, right? Who would be the one that? Oh, Martha left. Martha left the building. Oh no, she's back. <laughs> Because she knows everybody's everybody's gonna put up her name. Yeah, I'm right doing there. my homework. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm saying Marta. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for Marta as well. Sam says Marta. Mike but says. But it's also 
Marta. But it's also because I'm. I think I don't know if it's true for you, but I, I, think you I, I, I think I. I think I. I think I know, Luke, that a lot of your followers are are men, like in percentage wise. So that's why I'm just thinking that the crowd that. is going to say that. Okay. Okay. Thanks for clarifying so it's a, that. It's a statistical approach. You know what, Sam? I think it's Sam. Hey. Okay, so why would you think it's Sam then? Because why not? <laughs> because I voted for her, maybe. <laughs> because he's charming. I don't know. Hey, that's nice. Always smiling. Exactly. It's charming smile. Mike, why would Good. you say uh, it's, uh, it's Juicy M? Um... Um, <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it's me or GCM. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, because I mean, I think I'm the only single person in here. Ah, you're single, right? Yeah. So then I, I, I would go for GCM. So yeah, yeah, I, I would have said Mike, just, just because Mike kind of looks like um. Uh, a Superman with brown hair type of guy. He's tall. He's handsome. He's young, for sure. Not coming, not coming on to you, Mike. Not at all. But um, and, and when it comes to me, I have no game. You can ask my wife. I have zero game. Like um, I have no clue what to do with that. I have never had any game. So it's like, oh, I have no clue what to do with all of that. So, so how did you meet your wife then? <laughs> Did she seduce you or how did that work? That's a a great question. Well, maybe I have the answer to that where it's kind of in the realms of getting out of the friend zone where I I knew her for for a long time. And and it's like, you know, how how do you go from knowing each other to getting to know each other? And and my wife can vow that getting to, to the first kiss was absolutely terrible. And the first kiss was terrible as well because I was so nervous. I was super nervous. And mind you, you know, this uh, we've been uh, we've been married since February, so I was well over forty to try and and uh, and kiss her. And it, it was terrible. I, I just suck at it. Over forty, and you've been so nervous. Super nervous. Well, this was good for her as well because she she would see that oh he's not one of those DJs, you know that goes from hotel room to hotel room with other people. Uh, otherwise, I would have just been like like a Superman in the kiss, but I, I was not. I was terrible. Felt like high Maybe school. that worked for you then, <laughs> in the end. Well, yeah, in the end, it, it worked for me. So that was a blessing for sure, where she was like, oh, okay, he's not one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, t- then you took her to this awesome apartment with this view over New York and the background. And she was like, <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean wow. my green screen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, 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 that's easy baller. She married him. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she's not about that. So that was great, actually. She uh, yeah. would actually appreciate my green screen because she's a photographer. So awesome. she, she's into that. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, one, one more question. One more question before we uh, we actually have uh, viewers viewers questions as well. Oh, more viewers questions as well. Uh, and this is about forgetfulness. Who is most likely to forget birthdays? What did the crowd say? <laughs> uh, um. Hey, 
We have a confession from Sam here. Sam says Sam felt. Yeah, man, I, I just, I just don't think birthdays are important. Even my wow. own birthday. So I'm like, let's celebrate life every day instead of having one. Day. And I don't know. That's also why I don't remember them. Like I, I really, I've looked up my 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 fiance now, her birthday, I don't know, like fifty times already on Facebook. I forget. I always forget if it's June or July and if it's the 26th or the 27th. I just, I don't know, like, it doesn't stick in my brain. Well, this is a, a true confession here. I, I, I need to confess something as well. I actually was Googling uh, Marta Juicy M's birthday uh, today and I couldn't find anything. It only said, oh, she's 25 plus. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe that's <laughs> forever, because... forever 25 plus. Yeah, <laughs> it's a woman. Like- Thanks, Google. <laughs> and women like women like to hide that, but I, I'm curious uh, who you said, uh, Marta. Who, who is I think, most likely? I think it's you, Lady Oh, you. yeah. Okay, okay. And Mike. Okay. okay. Mike, what did you say? Yeah, I would go for myself. Wow. Uh, I I forget pretty much everything, uh, so birthdays are um, a nightmare. Um, I'm happy that I still know my own birthday. <laughs> Yeah, that could be quite important. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, so we have forgetful people here. Um, myself as well. It's it's I, I just have all the birthday birthdays in the calendars with like reminders, so it pops up. But I am absolutely terrible with birth dates as well. And I forget everything, like literally everything. Like my wife, every two days she's uh She's uh, frustrated with me because I, I I forget this or that. Oh, we spoke about that. And I was like, did we speak about that? I have no clue. I'm just here EQing this kick drum. But, <laughs> you know. Oh, there's a life. Life next uh, producing music. I am so sorry. Um, and, and you, Marta, do you forget forget birthdays or things? Yeah, that, that's, yeah I forget to scratch my name. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the touring also plays a role in this because I feel like uh, every time I come back from touring, then it's uh, I I just forget about a lot of things and I forget about shows as well. And like meeting people is also um, if you meet someone once, like you say hi to a person just once on tour, I always kind of forget them <laughs> and then the, the next time I'm, I arrive there then I really have to remember like who was that again and but but I guess that's also because you see so many countries but I guess it's the same for you guys and we see just more people than usual maybe this yeah. brain is just not ready to process so many information and so many numbers and then it's yeah. just naturally natural selection what is important and what is not really important and birthdays is like on the on the list, way far away. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, but even not when you're not on tour. Like, uh, just my closest family, I don't know the birthday of. Like, my dad, I know, and my mom. But don't ask me when it's my my grandpa's birthday. I don't know. I have to look it up. It's in my calendar because I, I tend to forget. So I, I do need to mention uh, what the crowd said. Uh, the crowd said. Uh, <coughs> Number four, Sam. Now we know the truth, though. Number three, Mike. Number two, Juicy M. And number one, Laidback Luke. 
Well, almost, almost right, I guess. But now we know it's um, it's salmon, especially with birthdays. That's uh, yeah, and uh, I I am happy we can uh, all of us can agree that touring does have an impact on that. And I do think it's interesting. I have actually met people that said, "Oh, remember three years ago I met you backstage at the at this and this club," and I'm like. I am so sorry. I would love to know who you are, but man, in the meantime, I've been, you know, and it's it's impossible. I wish, I wish. It was ages. I think we all learned this. Yeah, I remember. Of course. Just two days ago, I had the same, like, do you remember? I was the first person who wrote you eight years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have to pretend that you actually remember. And then they start asking more and then they kind of found out they don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's terrible. I can imagine from their side, it's like, oh man, you guys are so arrogant or something. But it's so arrogant. I I do feel it's just. I wish I do. Yeah. Sometimes I do. But sometimes I don't even remember the club. When I come back to the same place for like three times, it's like, like, oh wow, what a beautiful. You actually been here before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. It yeah. for the for the for the people that are watching it does get as intense like that where it's like i am personally happy i'm never on the mic because you know it would i would be the guy that would totally say hey what's up amsterdam while i was <laughs> would be in london or something while i was i had it once yeah and i and then i did i said it twice <laughs> I, I said san diego to san francisco because the day before I was in San Diego and I was just, I hadn't slept and it was just complete mindfuck. And the crowd crowd actually re- responded like, no, man, you're in San Diego. <laughs> Started scared, like, oh, sorry. And then at the end, I said it again. I was like, wow, okay, this is be my last show in San Francisco. But anyway. I, um, what, what do you mean, birthday? I don't even know where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> and I used to have this uh, with hotel rooms as well, where it's like, okay, which hotel room are you in? Oh, I'm in uh, 817. Oh, no, that was oh, yesterday. Yeah. 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 I always That's... take a photo now of my door. <laughs> yeah, Before I go in. Yeah. <laughs> because on the night, if I'm arriving in the evening, I have a show. After show, there is no way I will remember the floor. No, no, no. Exactly. Same. Same. <laughs> um... What I'd like to talk about next uh, is is about, yeah, I, I just uh, need to, I, I was just looking at the time here. I just need to continue as well. What I, what I uh, would like to talk about is breaking through. Because, uh, so Sam, for instance, uh, what I don't think a lot of people know is that it took you a good five years before you got signed to spin in, right? Yeah, well, even longer if you take into account all the years I spent as a drive-in uh, uh, DJ uh, uh, when I was 11. So I think I got signed when I was around 20, 20 years old, something like that. Um, so yeah, in, in, in reality, it's, it's been you know, more than 10 years uh, of, of struggling. Uh, there was a period of time, I think, between the age of you know, 13, 14, 15, where I wasn't that active. I was still, you know, making some music on the side, you know, Fruity Loops and stuff like that. But um, I wasn't pursuing uh, a DJ career. And it started again when I was 17. And I entered the club for the first time. And it was in Portugal. And there was a DJ called Billy the Kid, or Clit, as he was called back then. Yeah, uh, and he was playing. 
I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and I was so fascinated. And I said to myself, I don't want to be here on the dance floor. I want to be here over there in the DJ booth. Got home, got myself a DJ controller and started again. So it was a little break in between, but overall it took more than 10 years. Yeah. Which controller was that? It was a Hercules. It's classic. It's like, yeah, you could put it, it was perfectly for, made for virtual DJ. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say that, yeah. Yeah, it was like 100 euros. So for me, you know, 150, super cheap controller. But uh, for me, it was a lot of money. So uh, again, I asked for money uh, at my birthday and I bought it. And that's when I started making mixes in my in my bedroom and putting them up on, on SoundCloud and stuff. And then I moved to the uh, DDJ-T1, I think, from Pioneer um, on Tractor. That's my was my second DJ controller. You know, we can never say the the P word on my show, right? I, I know, I know. Yeah. And also, they're not paying me, so you can bleep it out. So, no, what I was going to say is because I, I have a lot of um, my crowd, a lot of them are uh, always seeking to break through or dreaming of breaking through and whatnot. And so... What what was it in that in those five years that that really motivated you other than uh, Billy the Kid to to try and get things to to another level and and how how did you succeed in the end? For me, well, in the end, it was about changing my style. So I, I had been trying to imitate big DJs for way too long. Never got any reply from labels. I was always looking for or looking to make that next track that was going to be played on the Hardwell on air, or that was going to, you know, fit perfectly in the Beatport top 10 or, you know, be that perfect spin-in track. And when I let go of that and I created my own style and I was like, I don't care who signs this, even if no one hears it, I'm going to make this music for myself. Um, the first song I made with that in mind got signed. So that's, that's kind of, and it's super cliche because everybody's saying, yeah, you have to find your own style and, Blah, blah, blah. But it's for me, it was 110% true. Uh, and the first song I, I created as Sam felt was uh, was a bootleg of the Kelly family. Uh, fell in love with an alien, like a, a like a Christian folk rock song, and uh, bootlegged it. And and that was the first time I got a response from Spinning. So that's incredible. Yeah. Well, that's that's some some great advice. And uh, Mike, you got discovered by Tiesto. Is that correct? Yeah, well, he he helped me a lot in the beginning, um, and um, when I got signed to Spinning, um, like a year after, um, we um, yeah we we ended up sharing some projects with each other, and I sent him a, a track, and he really liked it, and uh, I already had one track on his label, um, and then we decided to do a collab. So I was super happy with that, and then he was like, yeah, let's if you want to join me on tour, uh, I can kind of like show you around a bit. Um, and for me, that was like mind blowing. Cause then I was suddenly, I was 19 and I was in Vegas <laughs> and I was like, well, what is happening here? Um, and, uh, I got to meet all these people. And, um, so he kind of showed me around in the dance industry and he taught me a lot of, um, yeah, like smart things and, and, um, stuff that I didn't really know in, in, in the beginning. Um, and from then on, I just um, released a lot of music on this label or on Spinning or another label. Um, but before that, I was already making music for, well, since I was 12 or 13. 
So it still took me some time. Oh, okay. 12? <laughs> 11, 12. Yeah. That's incredible, right? Like Holland, you have like school <laughs> where you learn how to play oh, music. Oh, Marta, you don't even know. Like, because we have this yearly uh, uh, exhibition called Dance Fair in the you Netherlands. Do <laughs> and the amount of people, and this is, uh, I gotta give a shout out to Martin Garrix as well. The amount of yeah. dads and, and moms I see with, with their like 10 year old kid by the hand trying to talk to the DJs that are around. Is incredible. Like, actually, nowadays, parents want, or I don't know now exactly, but the parents in the Netherlands want their kids to become, you know, the, the next Dutch big DJ. And um, it's really a cultural thing. You don't, because uh, I'm in America right now, you don't really see that in America. It's like, oh, you're DJ, can you DJ at my wedding? But in the Netherlands, they understand it. It's like, oh, you're DJ. Oh, like Martin Garrix. And then, or Armin Van Buren, and then uh, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, mom, dad, can you buy me the controller? Yeah, for sure. And uh, so, Mike, I, I was thinking, how did you get in touch with Tiesto? Because, you know, I love Tiesto and we're always friendly. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when I email him, uh, two, uh, three, three out of ten, he emails me back and I'm like, dude, how did you get in touch with him? I mean, um, there was a point that I was uh, also going to ADE and dance fair and, and things like that. Um, and spinning always had, um, like, of course, musical freedom was, was part of spinning or still part of spinning. I'm not sure. Um, but the connection with spinning and Tiesto was quite close. And, um, when I released the first track on his label, um, I never actually met him before that. Um, and so he kind of, he, he knew my name. He knew that I released one track, um, and he wanted to do a meeting in, uh, during ADE in a hotel in the lobby. And I've, I've never been so nervous for a meeting. <laughs> um, cause, uh, yeah, I remember walking inside the lobby and I saw him sitting there and he was just like, Hey, how are you? And we we're both quite tall. So that was nice. And we just sat down and <laughs> I showed him some, uh, some new tracks. And he really liked it. And I, I was, I remember, because I still lived at home. And I remember I came back home with my parents. And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> um, so, and he, he was super nice. So that's kind of how we got in touch. And I, I eventually got his phone number. And we were just texting each other. Wow. I don't, I don't even have Tiesto's phone number. Well, I got to give a shout out to Tiesto as well because he is absolutely a super, super nice guy and uh, obviously a legend. Um, so Marta, I heard, so we're, we're talking about all these, you know, big room type of people, but I heard at one point you didn't even want to be on the main stage. You had like a hate for the main stage. Is that correct or no? Covered not by a label, I've been discovered by, by internet, basically. People just shared my stuff on the internet, my mixes, and the, the numbers were, for that time, was quite huge. And labels just tried to figure out what's wrong with this girl. She's just all upside down. <laughs> you know? So um, after I became a successful DJ, touring DJ, uh, I started to learn how to produce, and everything was just upside down for me. <laughs> 
Because you uh, originally started as a hip-hop DJ, is that right? Oh, I have no clue that I could be, you know, travel the world and just play festivals. I was just doing my stuff, just, you know, just scratching with the boys in the club, just le- learning how to turn, do t- turntables. And I took a part in, like, competitions, like DMC and Red Bulls Freestyle, which were in Ukraine. So for me, it was more like a DJ stuff and all about music and how to mix music, how to mix it cooler and more complicated. And just to do, I really love the vinyl, the touch, the collection. And then, uh, you know, in your Dutch culture, it's all about producing and uh, it's, it's, it's different. DJ is like second thing. You just put a USB and play whatever. <laughs> you don't care about this much. Maybe one hour you just put some songs together. So, yeah, for me, it was all upside down. Wow, the, that's, a, that's a, a next level for sure if you did the Red Bull freestyle uh, uh Competition. Well, I competed only with the boys because I was the first girl who played music in my country. So I have to be strong enough. So I have to, you know, <laughs> prepare for many hours in, in the house in order to win this competition. And I, I saw a video, uh, one of your latest videos, where you were mixing on four iPads. How was that? Yeah, <laughs> It was the most complicated stuff I ever done, to be honest. Definitely. So I, I've been thinking about that too, the, like DJing on iPads, but don't you like miss scratching? Or I, I actually really love touching jobs. Well, no, it's not about really scratching. It's more about um, the collection you have on Spotify. So you don't have to download the music. Well, you can't edit music, obviously. Yeah. But um, for kids to play for some venues, it's very cool. It's very cool stuff. You have one iPad and you can just play from your playlist. So it's super simple. And also you can practice in a tour. I think but that- I, I would enjoy it. <laughs> I think the hotel Wi-Fi just uh, turned out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> it was an interesting story though. <laughs> Yeah. It's, a, it's interesting, and I'll I'll mention <laughs> Denon here. Denon, not the P word. Denon has uh, has that uh, inbuilt <laughs> where we're um, we're able to stream from Tidal and uh, Beatport, SoundCloud, and Dropbox is coming as well, so you don't need to put your USB. And I think it's an interesting development. Look, look, what's that? Denon. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, I just got the new ones in. I'm waiting on the mix. You throw it in the house. <laughs> so um, um, I, I have a question from the crowd. Um, and this one is actually for GCM, but maybe maybe one for Sam as well. Um, they ask why you don't use headphones when you're mixing. This is a Nasahi piano. I got to give a shout out. Well, to I use, I can, use I ask, can I ask the same question? Why should I use headphones while I'm mixing? Okay. Well, maybe maybe we should ask Mike. Mike, you just use a headphone when you're mixing, right? <laughs> Mike, why you should use headphones when you mix? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just, just to be sure. Uh, but I started DJing without headphones. It's It's definitely possible. I mean, you guys... Are doing it, but you, you do yours in ears or you don't use? Yeah, yeah, I've I've in ears, so I I it's a bit of a 
trick question. So uh, I yeah. use in-ears and not headphones because I want to protect my ears and I you can hear everything a lot better and clearer. And you're less dependent on the sound quality of the club and or the festival. So you have everything under control, always the same experience. Um, so it just yeah. allows me to mix more accurately. But um, obviously, I'm still listening to what's coming next. So it's a little bit of yeah. a trick question. It depends. <laughs> so I guess I guess Marta, I'm the rest of reckless. <laughs> yeah, I guess for you it doesn't really matter that if you have uh, uh, your set of skills, it's just easy to catch the beat and and just mix, right? Oh well, yeah. For me, it's just years of experience, and I, after playing on vinyl, just to push the button on the right time on the beat, it's just too simple to be honest. But but how does it work then? Because um, do you wear ear protection when you when you do do your? Yeah, show? I do have uh, ear protection for sure. And then you and you have your monitor turned up quite loud, I guess. Then, or not? Normal. Yeah, because because that's that's like that's one of the reasons why I do, I use the in ears because sometimes if you have a hollow club or like a big festival uh, and you have you know a big space, the bass can be very misleading because. You know, there's a little delay or there's like a reverb in the room. So you're like, okay, what am I hearing? Am I hearing the monitors or am I hearing the room? And that's sometimes yeah, that's, for me, it's a little bit confusing. It happens once in in, in in few months for me. So in okay. this case, I, I, I definitely wear. But most of the times it's very good sound. So I'm just... Okay, got it. <laughs> I always put my booth monitors so Something go wrong. Sometimes things <laughs> can go wrong, but I just take this risk and I have much more fun. When I when I put like headphones, I'm out of my zone, and especially when I'm mixing really fast, uh, I just go in there and out there, and I can just lose these vibes. So when I just push the buttons and in my zone, it just feels more natural for me, and uh, mm -hmm. I have more fun to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I make uh, it makes sense. More experimental, right? You're less focused on the technical side yeah, and, and more I, on, I on the experience. If I do something wrong, I don't really care that much. Mm. Like, like for me, vibes is more important. If if I do something small, little thing which someone can hear, uh, it doesn't really happen. I don't remember when the last time something like that happened. But I take that risk, and I will be fine if something go wrong. And I can fix it really fast. I I know that if something go wrong, I can fix it. Like my ears are quite good, and I'm not too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh. control level of alcohol as well. <laughs> well Mar Marta, I uh, I definitely agree with you. I I mix off of uh, vibes as well. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, but wow, that mix sounded wrong," and I'm like, "No, it didn't sound wrong. You could actually hear me mix, but I caught the beat, and you know, this is the vibe. Like, you want to be in there with that train with me, and if I catch it, and you know, it's just <laughs> organic and." Um, and I love that. I, I do love that. And yeah. uh, with me, I, I DJ I with... Some old school kind of play, yeah. like when from hip hop, when you just with Scott. I don't know. I just are listening to my favorite DJs. And, and I, I guess uh, Billy would be an example of that as well, where it was like, at a certain point, I started analyzing their mixes. And sometimes I would hear them needing to correct the mix. And then they got it. And I was in there with them. And I was like, wow, we're in this together yeah, like there's something about it something romantic about it yeah <laughs> obviously it shouldn't it shouldn't be like a train wreck or anything but um definitely organic yeah i know like 
in a techno world or even tech house and house, it's more about like really long transition, very accurate transition. But sometimes when I play trap, it's like, it's not about that. It's more about the energy. And I can't lose the energy when I'm just putting constantly in and out, in and out. It just doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine what this would do for your hair, Marta? The headphones? <laughs> Sometimes I used to wear headphones and I just lost so many energy of just putting headphones from my hair. So the second reason. Okay, so I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to take you uh, through the, the last three uh, questions of the poll. Um, circling around to uh, having a DJ next to you in, in a hotel room. So who would you not want to have next to you in a hotel room? What did the crowd say? That's so rude. <laughs> so, uh, so you ask a question to the crowd, okay. Um, what does the crowd think? Who you wouldn't want to have next to you in a hotel room? But like sleeping next to you or in the room next door? <laughs> talking about next oh week. right right no no, no. The, the next room the next room, the next room. <laughs> oh okay. i'd like to share a room with like, uh, okay next door okay. that's that's rude and weird <laughs> in this case ah okay well she just told us that even in quarantine she was going get, getting pretty wild in the balcony so Okay, so Sam is <laughs> not using headphones, so I would go. Yeah. <laughs> both, both Sam, well, all three of them actually said Juicy M. So, um, you know what? Let's, let's uh, get straight to the. No, let's ask Mike. Mike, you, you just said because she doesn't use headphones? Well, she doesn't use headphones, so I would, that would be a lot, a lot of noise. Definitely. <laughs> I'm very noisy neighbor. <laughs> and uh, here I am thinking, uh, Marta, you you're reading books in your hotel room. So you you say you say you're very loud in your hotel. Oh well, for 24 hours I can't read books for 24 hours. So okay, yeah, I guess guess you must be the loudest. I'm I'm not loud in a hotel room either. What about you guys? I'm very loud. Good Sam, choice. any loud music? <laughs> No, I'm super quiet usually. Um, no, I, I, it's not like usually I don't. Uh, I don't produce well in hotel rooms, anyways. So uh, I tend to just sleep, watch a movie, uh, fairly quiet. Sometimes, you know, at, at the beginning of my career, we would still have like the after parties and up in my room, but that's already years ago. Mike, I could see you uh, hosting some really nice after parties. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, depends on how, how nice the hotel is. Uh, but um, uh, if there's no after party, I'm, I'm really quiet. And I just watch Netflix or produce uh, with my headphones on. And um, yeah, I think. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not one of those, but there are DJs that definitely throw big after parties. And if if there's someone coming into my mind, it's it's Diplo. It's Diplo that always like has something going on. Yeah, I'd love to be a neighbor with Diplo, though. You. 
and uh, and it's interesting. I, I've I've been uh, I've been at two of them, I think. And the only thing I was doing because I I don't drink anymore is uh, I was um, I was giving workouts to people. We were doing like push ups on the floor and. At a certain point, I was teaching some kickboxing in the hotel room and whatnot, but uh, he was just DJing and and partying. And um, so I guess my answer would then be Diplo, but he's not not on this list. Mm -hmm. So uh, following up uh, with that, who complains the most? What did the crowd think? Who would complain the most? That's easy, though. Oh! Laidback Luke would be a complainer. Juicy M says Sam Felt. And Mike says Sam Felt. Wow. I don't know why, but I feel like... Why would Sam be a complainer? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. The feeling. (laughs) (laughs) No, for me, like for me, why I said Luke is like you're super, um, super vocal about, you know, like whatever you think about something on Twitter, you know, always, uh, yeah, you, you don't, you don't shy away from discussions. And I think, you know, that, that kind of gives me the feeling that, um, well, not complaining, but, you know, like getting into discussions about things, uh, is, is one of your character traits, right? And something you, you do well as well. That's very fair. Let me come back to you on that. So, uh, Marta, why would you say you said Sam, right? As he said, I just got this feeling. <laughs> Sam, would you would you see yourself as a complainer? Um, well, not <laughs> no, not serious. Not not really. No, no. Like uh, like you said at the beginning, I'm usually smiling, so it's really hard to complain when you're smiling. Like ah, I, 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 this is complete shit. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Like I, no, I, I, I never. I, I, to be honest, I'm more of a guy that is afraid of conflict. So I would much rather, you know, put in my earplugs when when Juicy M is loud next door than complain <laughs> about about the noise. <laughs> Oh my god, that's like a new nightmare. <laughs> but yeah. please sure GCM lives on another building, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. another floor on another building, like really far away. Okay, so Sam, we, we could then say easily you're a glasses half full type of guy, then yeah, and also like I, I always you know try to you know, I, I, I first I uh, try to solve the problem myself, usually, uh, before I, I complain to other people. Uh, or just talk about it to other people. I'm very, in that way, a little bit of an introvert. So, Marta, yeah. are you uh, a type, the glass is half full or, or the glass is half empty? I'm type of I will be cool with both. <laughs> okay. As long as it's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The last time I've been drinking like eight months ago, but I'm, ha- I'm glad I have this kind of impression though. Well, it's maybe the Ukrainian heritage, right? Maybe <laughs> Ukrainian, though, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Mike? Are you generally positive or, or a less positive person? Yeah, I'm, I'm, most of the time I'm quite positive. And I, I, I think, I mean, I just want to um, have it perfect. I guess uh, you guys have that as well. If you're on tour or, I don't know, something happens, 
you just want one yeah you just want to have the best show and and uh, uh give the crowd the best experience uh but i'm i'm usually quite happy and positive and if if something happens then i yeah kind of i say it and i just yeah but i never get like angry or something well, tell you what, Sam, so I'm circling back. I am actually quite similar to you where I, uh, I don't like conflict and I'm pretty good with, uh, with a lot of, uh, things. So, um, I guess the only reason why I'm so vocal on, on Twitter is, uh, because of certain things that I, um, where my heart really sits, but, um, other than that, and I, I've toned it down a little bit. I was, I was seeing, it was like, oh, it was becoming like, a, like a really a thing and I'm kind of trying to be more gentle about it now. Um, but in real life, yeah, no, I, well, if there's something, I'll just have my tour manager say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but it's also not complaining. It's actually the, I, uh, it's, it's the, uh, it's not the right word. It's, you know, like it's, uh, you know, having uh, like sharing your opinion, I guess. Yeah. And that's, uh, but, but I, 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 that's also why I follow you. So uh, like, I love your getting your vision and your thoughts on, you know, things like, the music industry, DJing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually what makes it interesting. I have super boring Twitter accounts. I just post. Well, I, I have to, I have to be honest though. Right now on my Twitter account, there's nothing much going on because I don't feel like, like saying anything really. Like I don't feel like anything that I'll say right now will con- con- contribute to this, this crazy world we live in. So I'm not very motivated on there. I am motivated in responding to people on Twitter and whatnot, but like just uh, put put something out there. Some people tweet a lot, but I'm like, I don't see the use right now. Um, and so the last the last question: Who was the who has the craziest thing on their rider? Who has the craziest request on their rider? What did the crowd think? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, maybe they they would they would think me. Hey! Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me let me get back to you on the. I think hey. it's you. Yeah. Wow. Um. Okay, so Juicy M said laid back. Luke Sam felt said Sam felt. And think, Mike. Uh, I think you as Mike well. Mike says laid back. Luke as well. Wow. That's incredible. Okay, so you know what? What is the okay? What is the crazy thing I would have put on my rider? But uh, I still need to uh, name the score from the last time. Sorry. So the one who complains the most: number four, laid back Luke; number three, Mike Williams; number two, Juicy M; and number one, Sam Felt. But now we know the truth. And so for this one, so Mike, what do you think I have on my rider that's so crazy? Then I don't know. I think because. I guess you are the guy who is in in this music industry for a long time. Uh, so you you've probably seen everything, and you have the most experience in putting stuff on your rider, meeting other DJs, putting weird shit on the rider. What what would it be though? What do you think? I've I've actually seen I've I've seen a video of you. It might be a while back of you having a personal trainer on the road. That's pretty unique. That's pretty right? fancy, right? Yeah. Me or no, 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 Luke, right? So you had your, you had like your, your own like 
Tai Chi something. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I saw a video like a couple of years back. I was like, wow, this guy, he's got, he's got some requests on his rider, but maybe you paid for it himself. Like, I don't know. But I was like, oh, he has, he has a, he has a, definitely has a specific routine. <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. Um, I actually so I, I used to travel with my kung fu teacher. Uh, I was I was back then getting ready for the world championships in kung fu and whatnot, and um, I had him with me as well for um, just for mental health purposes and and staying fit for sure. Uh, but I I paid I paid all his costs. So okay. uh, he wasn't on not my rider. rider. He was not on my rider. Um, why, Sam, did you say idea, Uh I'm not sure. It's like there's been some news about me, which is true, uh, having a, like a sustainable rider. So lots of organic stuff, no plastics. Uh, it's also, also through, through my foundation that we advocate for a plastic-free rider. So I would say that maybe something people think, you know, I've got some weird requests on it. Like I want to be driven in an electric car. And stuff like that, um, which is on there, but it's a preference, not mandatory, but like stuff like that. So it's been in the news. So maybe, uh, maybe your friends think I have some pretty strange requests regarding that. Sam, you know, uh, CDJs are made out of plastic, right? I know, I know, but I'm, <laughs> yeah, but, but denons are as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need to work on that. We'll need to work yeah. on that. Yeah. So Marta, do you have any crazy things on your rider? I mean, I wish I do. It's just so basic. Guys, you're going much forward <laughs> with your riders. I'm just collecting your ideas. It's super basic. Yeah, actually, my, uh, my rider is super basic as well. I literally, the most important thing is my equipment. And then it's just water. Uh, yeah. and alcohol is for the people. For my that, guests? Yeah. Like alcohol and, is someone coming in? That's it. <clears throat> I, uh, alcohol would be for yeah. the people that, for like the friends coming or entourage or acquaintances. And yeah, yeah, yeah. other than that, no, no real, uh, crazy preferences. Um, Mike, I've heard you DJ on socks though. Yeah, that's right. You have your own sock brands, you sock merchandise. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we sell, uh, Mike Williams socks in, uh, in the web store. Um, but I, during, uh, the shows, I have, uh, socks on my rider and then preferably the weirdest socks ever. So it can be like, I don't know, Mario Kart socks or, uh, Homer Simpson socks. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll play on those socks. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh-oh. Well, so quarantine must've been uh, nice for you because I've just been DJing here in my living room with on my socks, which was a new experience for yeah. me, but for but you, it was that, normal. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I play on socks. I already do it for like three years, um, every show. And I, if I wear shoes, I, I, I don't, I'm not really getting in the vibe. So I, uh, I kind of need, need them. <laughs> um, and it, it's because, I started DJing in my bedroom on socks, so it makes me feel comfortable and I can just like jump around and um, the only thing is when you jump off stage, uh, off the boot, uh, sometimes it can be a bit dangerous. Wow. Um, I had it once that I actually um, slipped and I fell right on my, uh, kind of my butt, on my back, so it was not that bad. Oh, tricky. Um, but um, 
I, I tried the the um, the socks with the um, with the knobs under it, so you don't uh, you don't slide. But it just makes it worse because it's really weird uh, <laughs> walking on it. Um, I, I, did you ever get injured like from glass or something on the floor or something like that? Um, yeah, um, a lot of people ask that, but I like right before the show, um, I make sure that my tool manager um, just removes every single bit of um, of glass or something, something like that. Um, so, uh, but interesting, I, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I, never I had, thought you, I thought you just did it like sometimes as a joke, but I didn't know you did it all the time. No, like every show, every show, if it's a small show or a big show, like tomorrow on main stage, also on socks, <laughs> I don't care. And you just take off your shoes just because before you go on stage. Yeah, yeah, I just leave them like right next to me, and then when I play my last track, uh, and I, I I end my set, I just um, yeah put them back on. That's fascinating. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that before. I think Cascade does it as well, and sometimes I even see DJs. DJ barefoot and um I do that at the pool parties in Vegas. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing my uh, my swim shorts, my flip-flops. I mean, I'm at the pool. I'm not going to wear shoes. So yeah, yeah, I, but, I was yeah. DJing on flip-flops because I mean No, I know I take them off, so it's just barefoot oh, okay. because flip-flops are super annoying. It's like you're driving yeah. with flip-flops. That's not a good idea, like right? they get stuck and yeah. No, I just take them off. I put some towels on the ground because it then otherwise my feet get get messed up. But um, yeah, it works. Fascinating. Well, DJs are are crazy creatures, and um, I uh, I'm gonna round this uh, late night Luke episode up. Thank you so much for joining me here, and thank you for being so open with your questions and and answers. And um, yeah, I, I hope I actually bump into you guys uh, on tour again soon. Marta, uh, wishing you a lot of uh, good times in Thailand. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. See you on the next one, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thanks for having us. Bye.